episode of Block Talk presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. Did you know there is an easy way to help support the podcast and keep the show going? Buy Me A Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, can say thank you to your favorite host. All you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep blocktalk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at michaelblocktalk, on Twitter at blocktalknyc, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Time to get traveling. The queens were tasked to blend their branding and tourism together for an advert that was supposed to get us to come visit their hometown. But did any of them succeed? Spoiler, they certainly did not on the runway. It's time to break down all things Drag Race Down Under 2. And joining me to spill, it's Venakava. How are you? Oi, oi, oi. I'm doing good. I'm excited to be back here and excited yes. to talk about these girls. I'm very excited to have you. We are six weeks into this season. Um, two episodes left. I'm like, can, can, we're just speeding through everything this year. Mm-hmm. Both this season and like the Canada one is just like zooming by. I'm not caught up on that one, but I just saw that it's already the finale this next week. So I'm like, oh shit, I got to catch up on that one. Yeah. And and just before you know it, maybe even tomorrow, we might get the cast reveal for UK4. So we're, we're, we're going through, we're, we're speeding through, but yeah. six episodes in, how are you feeling about this season? So when every episode starts, it's still like, it's still hard for me to like identify the girls like I feel like a lot of them are very similar and I'm Mm. still having like issues like remembering which one's which exactly because I think like in drag a lot of them have like a similar aesthetic which is not a very pronounced aesthetic there was only maybe like one or two girls that had like very strong looks and we've already lost some of them so mm-hmm. I still have to like, oh, okay, this one's that one. This one's that one. I think it's been enjoyable. I am a little bit over the, we will talk about the Queen, um, Queen Kong, Beverly drama that they keep bringing up and up mm-hmm. and up. I'm a little bit like, is there nothing else going on here? Literally. Um, now, have you ever been down under? Have you been to Australia? Never, never. I do really want to go. I've, ever since I was a little kid, um, like the Rocket Power movies, they had course, one that they course. went over there and then as well lord of the rings was filmed over there in new zealand mm-hmm. so it's always been a destination that i wanted to go to but are you soon. watching ring of power or rings of power not yet not yet i haven't started that one i am watching the the game of thrones ones the dragon house yes, of dragons yes yes but house of dragon <laughs> i'm uh, sorry right now if i offend any of this i i am more team of game of thrones than i am lord of the rings there is something more exciting about Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I, I I loved the Tolkien books. I yes. loved them. I did book reports on The Hobbit mm-hmm. as a child. It was my shit. And then yeah. watching Peter Jackson make 11 hours of people walking, it's not exciting. It's not good to watch. Yeah. 
but is the the rings of power good? Is that one good? I've heard good things. We'll get there. I hope. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna get there. I just, I, I, as I said, I think on another podcast this week. What's funny to me is there are people complaining about the diversity on mm. this show, and I'm like, so you're against a female lead, fine, mm. and you're against fake creatures that may be darker skinned are we serious right now Mm -hmm. i hate this place but here we are here we are and just for those listeners who are complaining about it if you really go back to the tolkien shit the characters that they have created in this prequel are specifically stated that they have a darker complexion so tolkien made it happen this way y'all start complaining we're here to talk about Drag Hobbits. Yes, Down Under. Speaking of, good job, Molly. You sent a fan favorite home. Them's the break, kid. Mm-hmm. Yuri's mirror message was um, not like very pointed, um, but she did call out Spanky for the win. Um, is mm-hmm. it going to happen? Is that bitch going to take the crown? It's possible. It's possible. Rue really likes her. I think she's one of the most like, charismatic people in the show um she has had some like development like she's polishing up like i think she wore tights for this um runway this episode but they do like that she is like rough around the edges but very likable i do think she's likable and talented um and then yuri you said fan favorite that was my other person that i would have liked to see in the finale just because their drag was really interesting it stood out yeah. a lot from the others in the yeah. cast it was it's definitely unique it's definitely something that rue hasn't seen before mm-hmm. we as drag connoisseurs yeah. who do drag and be mm-hmm. a part of drag all the time we we see exploration like that yeah. but for Rue, this is brand new brand new territory mm-hmm. guarantee rue thinks she created yuri um, do you ever do you think Rue has ever watched Dragula? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I think Rue has watched Dragula. He has once not seen said, an episode or two. <laughs> yeah, he has seen it once simply to say it takes two of y'all to make this show happen. Yes. Boom, yes. bitch. <laughs> um, yeah, and oh Dragula, I can't wait. If the season coming up is what we're actually getting, it should be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, a New York girl was missing for some time again. Oh <laughs> we'll find out. All right. Meanwhile, Spanky shares that some people in her community feel that Yuri doesn't belong, but she did herself proud and made New Zealand proud. And to throw some shade, she shares that she made it further than Anita Wiglet. Um, listen, that elimination still uncalled for. Justice for Anita. Perhaps one day we'll see her grace the screen somewhere in this world. Mm-hmm. Not saying anything specific, but it's there. It's there. Spanky says Yuri is the kindest, goofiest trash person, and people will really start to see the other side of Yuri, and she has something to offer the world. Um, If someone says you are the kindest, goofiest trash person, would you take that as a compliment? Mm, Sure. (laughs) I don't think it's the worst thing somebody can say about you. So yeah, that's fair. There's. It still started with kindness. It's true. Well, one last come for Yuri. The girls congratulate each other as they are the top five. Molly, though, is fading into the background and doesn't want to be a sloppy bottom. Um, that's what they all say. Mm-hmm. No one likes sloppy bottoms. It's just, it's it's too much to clean up after. True. 
Hannah is the double in the double winner circle. Spanky is in the triple winner circle, and Hannah's like, I'm going to join that one next week. But they are close to the end, and the fires of Mordor are burning brighter than ever. The heat is on. All right, so half the bitches have left the room, and Minnie Cooper and her laugh might still live in the roof. Um, this is now the second week without the bitch, and she's still getting more airtime than JoJo's a hoe for now. Um, <laughs> Queen will say that she doesn't want to bring them down, but she shares that last week was difficult. She is a strong person, but there is a lot of bullshit that happens to her, and thus she can flip a switch really quickly. She wants to own it and apologizes to everyone. She says that she loves Beverly and knew her before the competition, but she doesn't want to apologize to her because she doesn't want her to take it as she was right and Queen was wrong, but she will apologize for changing the weather in the room. Okay. I get there are rivalries. I get you have certain feelings toward people based on uh, preconceived notions or how you know them outside of the world. I like Queen a lot. This is this episode. I was not happy with her demeanor. I wasn't happy with the things that she was saying. I get it, but it was kind of gross. Yeah, I think like there's been a the first couple of episodes they were trying to show Beverly as like kind of this villain character, and for yeah. this one they kind of give trying to give her like a forgiveness arc. Where she's like, oh, everybody's yeah. like treating me wrong now. And like trying to spin it towards Queen. So we'll see like something that will happen later on in the episode. They're just trying to build up some like tension that really yeah. we'll see later on. Queen compares this to being in a dressing room when a queen drops a fart and you have to sit there, do your makeup and your eyes are watering. Have you ever been in that situation? Not a fart, but a lot of queens do smell. Like there's that particular drag smell that it's like sweat and tights. Um, I've experienced that, yes. Queens, wash your tights. Wash your tights. Is there anyone you would like to call out? Not at the moment. <laughs> I plead the fifth. Okay, okay, it's fair, it's fair. I, I, I will say I'm very glad that I've seen Febreze and Listerine and some <laughs> of these. Um, um, backstage green rooms. I'm like, that's what we need because some of the girls. That is it. fair. When I was bringing around a drag bag all the time because I, I, I was not a manager of anybody, but everyone mm-hmm. fucking treated me like their fucking drag daddy. Um, I would always have Febreze with me because mm-hmm. some people just couldn't take the hint, so you just go squirt, squirt, and everything's <laughs> fine. Queen is upset that she was in her head and in her own bullshit that she couldn't take herself out and tell Yuri that she was proud of her. Um, okay, so now we're getting a nice side of Queen. We like this. Mm-hmm. Um, she just hates the twink. That's fine. We get it. Um, Beverly will say that she is so fucking sorry that she brought this to Queen. And Queen will tell us that she is struggling to hold space for Beverly because she thinks she's filtering herself and that's jarring. It's not the person she knows. Beverly's going to ask for a hug, but you can see in Queen's face that she's just not there with her. Have you ever been in a situation where there's tension between you and someone you're not over it, but they are, but you know, for the sake of the situation, you got to suck it up. Mm -hmm. I will say I'm more often than not the person that's unbothered and like, Mm -hmm. will be the one who's over it pretty quickly. And I'm just like, let's just do the show and let's get along with it. But I've definitely been like, 
you know, some of these girls, I bet they know each other for a long time. And like, I can relate it back to like a drag sister that I have that I've worked with a lot. And, you know, we'll have a little fight about um, somebody being unprofessional or being late or whatever. And like, yeah, you just got to do the show and keep moving along. Sometimes it'll be funnier on the mic if you like start like bantering with each other about like the things that you're not liking about them at the moment. But yeah, honestly, like the audience doesn't have to know any of it. So when in a show, you just keep going on with it because they literally don't care and they don't have to know about anything that's happening behind the scenes. It's true. Here in Paul. Part of the show is to see this like little drama and I'm like, let's just get to the drag. I want to see the drag. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I've definitely been the person who's had to suck it up and be like, okay, mm-hmm. I will move on for the moment. But there have definitely been times where I'm like, you're not making me show up to this place. I'm not seeing this person. And then I see the person. I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm not happy still, but we're going to make mm-hmm. this work. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We love New York nightlife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, the alarm's going to sound. Rue waltzes in to show that they need to be able to sell anything. For this week's Maxi Challenge, they will be creating and starring in a tourism campaign that shows off the charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent of their hometown. All right, Rue says, you got to do this challenge. What are you doing a video of? So my hometown is Aguadilla in Puerto Rico. It's like the Northwest tip. And I was thinking there's this beach called Crash Boat and the lore about it is that this military ship um, like crashed there. And it's uh-huh. like you can, if you swim out far enough, you can see like remnants of the boat. It's basically like a very popular go and there's like a lot of like food vendors and there's like these very popular like ships that have like flags and things on them. So I, I would do it something about like that beach. Okay, you sold me. I'm ready to go. That you can go, like we can go see the ship and whatever. I'm here for it. I'll do that one. Um, Spanky is excited because she thinks Palmerston North needs some good marketing. Will Mm -hmm. she succeed in that? That's debatable. For Hannah, what resonates with her is Perth, as she spent the most time there. Be careful, girl, because you might have those accusations pop up again if you start talking about what you did in Perth. Um, just saying. She is nervous because she wants to sell her town and be funny. It's marketing, and she will have to trust her gut and have a good time. If she's having a good time, then they're going to have a good time with her. Good strategy. Molly will be focusing in on Newcastle, home to Reese Nicholson and my hubby Tom Fay. Oh, and JoJo's a hoe. See, there's the reference. JoJo's a hoe. Um, Beverly will say that Newcastle just breeds the biggest poofers, a.k.a. homosexuals. Um, have you ever been called a poof before? Never a poof. <laughs> no, it's, it must yeah, be an uh, Australia thing. Australia yeah. and a UK thing. Beverly knows that this challenge isn't her forte. She's not a comedian or an actor, but there's one thing that she can do besides bottom, and that's sell a damn product. <laughs> Can't you, girl? Can you? <laughs> he is from the maybe Gold Coast. Maybe she can't bottom either. Who knows? <laughs> if she can't bottom, then that's just even going to break my heart even further. Because yeah. what else is she doing? <laughs> kidding, kidding. She is from the Gold Coast, which she says is the LA of Australia. Um, she says they're so not self-aware. To which Molly's like, "That's just like you, ha ha." Mm-hmm. 
For her, it's fun, glamorous, and trashy. Everything Beverly Kills tries to be. Spanky is going to be doing palmy, as she calls it. She says she's great for families, but not for the gays. She's going to reveal that she was bullied in high school, but later found her stride in Melbourne. She lived there for 12 years and discovered herself, but she has since been home in Palmerston North for eight years. She shares that she would go to small towns like Picton and Tokora and Tarangi, and they don't get drag queens, but she gets to share who she is and open their minds. She said all those names, and it's like, you're making them up. Those don't exist. <laughs> I've never been there. I don't know. <laughs> I guarantee you there's places in America that will say, and then other um, people will be like, those aren't real. That's, that can't be real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't. There's nothing that sticks out to me as being a weird sounding name. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the Americana in me, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess I have to do some self reflecting. Yeah. She knows that Palmerston is the butt of the joke in New Zealand as the place you would never go, but you can make it where you want as long as you believe in yourself. Like a palm tree. You can be a palm tree, Spanky Jackson. I bet you're as tall as a palm tree, Spanky Jackson. <laughs> She's probably what, 6'3", six, 6'4"? Six, She's a big bitch. She's, She's big. big. How tall are you? I'm a dainty 5'9". Okay, and then in heels you get to be a 6 foot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, that's that's why that's probably the only reason why I actually want to do drag. I'm five nine. I want to feel well, what being six foot feels like. Mm-hmm. It happens to me. Like I'll go out out of drag every once in a while, and I'm like, oh wait, you're taller than I thought you were, because like you're always looking <laughs> down at people. <laughs> yeah, no. For me, it's usually when they're out of drag. It's like, oh, you're shorter than I thought you were. That's mm-hmm. my favorite part. All right, Queen. She's feeling a little better. She has released the demon from within her. Uh, usually that takes a toilet, but I don't think that's what she meant this time. <laughs> Hannah shares that her demon there has been depression. She's had really good, great weeks and things are going well, but she wakes up and cannot function. She says that if there is a storm in your life, put your rain jacket on and never run away. These girls are doing really well with like Very those motivational. That you can, yes. Yeah, you can put them on like a wooden block and, and sell it to moms. Mm-hmm. Um, are you feeling inspired? I, I am. I'm feeling a yeah. little inspired. You're but buying it. I will. Yeah, I will say it's very interesting to hear Hannah say that she's being she's depressed mm-hmm. while being on Drag Race because mm-hmm. it's a dream for people to be on Drag Race. Yeah. You don't get you don't hear that perspective. Um, but stress is real. Yes. Yeah, I've heard like a lot of queens say like it's the most stressful time in their lives. So like I would think that those thoughts come back to you. Absolutely. Queen says it means the world to hear this from Hannah and makes her feel like she's back in the club. Spanky's going to tell everyone that if she anyone needs her, her phone is not always on. It's on vibrate. Um, same for me. I'm, if anyone ever needs to reach me, just shoot me a message. I keep it on silent, but bitch, I'm always on my phone. Let's be yeah. real. Um, hit me up, friends. No, really. <laughs> hit me up. I need friends. <laughs> the alarm sounds. And once again, there's confusion. Um, usually when the alarm sounds in the middle of an episode, it means like COVID's coming. Um, so I'm sure the girls were like, no, don't cancel the season. But no, no, it is a video screen and it is a message from Samantha Harris. Have any idea who she is? Nope. Same here. She's like a reality television personality. I think they said she was a model or something like that. Yeah. Um, she is not the Samantha Harris of Dancing with the Stars US fame. Um, but this is Samantha Harris, who is an indig- indigenous model. Um, also has a very unique voice, so she can yes. sell things quietly. Yes. 
She is there to share her advice about promoting their beautiful homeland. Her tips to sell are be themselves and to enunciate. Mm-hmm. That's important. I will try better, friends. I know mm-hmm. I'm not great at it. Um, were you able to say the word that she made them say? I do not. I've, I don't remember the first one, but the second little tongue twister she said, I think she was even messing up in it. So she was, it was messing the, it up. Yeah. Um, anti-disestablishmentarianism. I go. can say it slowly. I remember yeah. that being like a thing in, in like elementary school that you had to say that. And I was like, nope, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. Too many words, too many letters. She also shares that eye contact is the most important thing when selling a product. So glare, don't stare. She says, look straight into the camera like you'd look at your boyfriend dancing with your best friend. Which I took like, so you want me to look at something like fire and about to commit a crime? Yeah. Yeah. My boyfriend's dancing with my best friend. It's not going to end well for anybody. Yeah, I'm not going to sell the product. No, I'm not selling that. Um, and that's it. That's all we got from her. Why was she not there? Why couldn't we have her as like a guest judge or something? What, what is going on down here? The budget, the budget. Maybe. <laughs> she was like, for that amount, um, I'll, I'll do a Zoom call. <laughs> literally. Well, Rue arrives to stamp their passports. Um, I still would like my passport stamped. I would like to go to the UK. So listeners, please send me money. Mm-hmm. Spanky is ready for Rue. And Rue is like, it's a brand new challenge. And she wants to know what she thinks she will say about her pitch. Spanky believes Rue will want her to keep it a little bit slutty, a little bit dirty. And that's just not the direction she was going to go in. Rue says that Spanky has cornered the market on Dirty Street Whore, which means there are a lot of New York City bitches who need to find a new brand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not calling out names, but I think we all know who the Dirty Street Whores are. So many. Rue will exclaim that she has marketed drag to the world. Someone else, something no one else has ever done. Why? Because she's a fucking marketing genius. Add that to the resume. Um, I When she said that, the, the intensity that came out of her, as you can see from the photograph behind me, um, mm-hmm. she loves herself. Yes. If you can't love yourself. <laughs> Literally. Um, I really think she doesn't think there is another drag queen of her statue in the world. She doesn't. She literally doesn't. She's like, who's Pablo Vitar? I've never heard of her. Literally. <laughs> Boulay who? <laughs> never heard of her. Wow. Rue reminds Spanky that she is the best thing to come out of Palmerston North, and there is a reason she's still in the competition. It's time for a redo, Spanks. All right. Beverly is from the Gold Coast, and the only thing that Rue knows about the Gold Coast is from Muriel's wedding. And we get crickets and a dumb puppy dog face from Beverly. Why? Because the stupid little twink has never seen one of the finest films to ever come out of Australia. And listeners, if you have not seen this movie, stop this podcast right now and watch. It's brilliant. Benakava, have you seen this movie? I have not. I've seen clips of it and I do know like the the actress is the one from like Staircase and a few other like things that I have watched but I haven't watched that one. Yes, this is Toni Collette in her bigger years. Um, A little unrecognizable. Um, Rachel Griffin's It's so good. ABBA music, the Dancing Queen Mm -hmm. um, or the Waterloo scene. People, you gotta watch it. So good. Um, 
But I think the other girls in the room were about to throw things at Beverly. Like, mm-hmm. they're like, how did this 21-year-old get into be in the world for 21 years and never been exposed to this movie? Especially um, if it's from your hometown. Literally. Uh, it's a really good movie. I don't know what yeah. streaming service it's on right now, but it is so um, it's got to be somewhere. Can I give you a conspiracy theory? Do you think it is possible? Please. Do you think it's possible that Beverly was eliminated because she never saw the movie? I mean, it's <laughs> very likely. It's very likely. Um, hey, if you don't do something Rue likes. Yeah. She she gonna be mad at you. Even before that, like you could tell the the way Rube was talking to Spanky, and then how they changed talking to Beverly. They were very much like he he does not like that girl at all. No, and he is obsessed with Spanky. So it's very much like Spanky's probably gonna win just by the way you can tell that Rube just really likes her. Yeah. Beverly says that the Gold Coast is fun and glamorous, but it's filled with all these people pretending what they're not, a.k.a. influencers. Um, I released my first reel yesterday. I'm an influencer. I'm so influential. Giselle Lullaby and Jada Shada Hudson liked my reel. Not my friends did, but they did. They're my true friends. You're on your way to superstardom. And Rue is very bored by the influencer thing, apparently. So bored. Um, Rue is now going to tell her that, sure, we've been influencing, but who are you in drag? And Beverly thinks this is a hard pill to swallow. Um, Have you ever been questioned who you are in drag by someone? I think in the beginning, when I first got here to New York, um, people weren't really like eating up the latino drag aesthetic but now they mm-hmm. are but in the beginning i did a few shows in manhattan that queens that were hosting would be like oh yeah it was cute i just didn't understand anything so you know it was it was cute yeah. but now everybody's like all about that life so it's changed rue just wants to get that little boy inside who said they wanted to do drag and beverly knows she has walls up and she wants to have fun rue tells her to unlock it in this challenge and she'll be well on her way great now with Queen, she wants to pay homage to her hometown in South Auckland, and Rue tells her to have fun and get into her twisted little mind. Hannah is going down the angle of it's not perfect. It's funny because she's got a lisp. <laughs> get it. Rue tells her not to be so literal, and I was like, Rue, that's bad advice. Tell her to be literal. And Hannah is going down, and Molly's actually going to be doing her interpretation of Newcastle, and it makes Rue feel a little sad inside. Um, and now Molly is stressed because if she's not selling it to Rue, she's not selling it to him. Now, once Rue leaves, it's makeup time, and Beverly's still feeling out of it since Rue called her out. So she's going to dive into why she is the way she is. She will pose to the group that she doesn't know what to do, and apparently the stress in the room is so high Hannah is going to snap and tell her that she needs to stop. Now we saw in this promo for this episode, like usually this is a red herring, like something like this happens, but no, no, no. This was actually vicious coming straight out of Hannah's mouth. We have not seen this from her all season long. Um, But this opened up the floodgates to attack the twink. Hannah will share that she has fond moments where she finds, she, she has found moments where she has found Beverly being false. 
She thinks she is too concerned about what people will think of her. And Queen chimes in and says she doesn't know if she's in her head or if she's just conscious about how she's going to be seen, but tells her she's doing herself a disservice by not being authentic. I thought Beverly was going to cry again. Mm -hmm. This is hard. This is hard to hear people that you probably respected for a long time telling you you're not a real authentic person. Yeah. And I think like I've, like from past episodes to this one, Beverly has like softened her. Mm-hmm. I think she's now acting more like what she normally acts in real life. But in past episodes, she was kind of like putting it up for the cameras. So I feel like she's like, okay, I've kind of like fixed it. Why are you still attacking me? Yeah. Um, that's what I kind of gathered. But also like, I just bet these people are just like over her. Like it's been weeks. Yeah, so it's just, like, it's really interesting because the first few episodes I really saw Beverly as like teacher's pet. Like she would be mm-hmm. producer's pet where she would say things and, and she's like, okay, this is what happens in drag race. Usually I'm going to be that person to make sure that happens. And I think that it can be taken the wrong way because we've yeah. definitely seen Queens in the past who've been trying to become the narrative that other Queens are not here for it whether it's because they're jealous of it or because they want the, the experience to come more naturally. I think that's what they're trying to get at. Hannah and Queen are just piss poor at explaining it. Mm-hmm. Beverly feels like they don't give a fuck about her as there are no intentions or suggestions, just attacks. Beverly will take a moment and it's Spanky who's going to go to her and tell her to let it go. Beverly says Spanky makes her feel seen, heard, and cared for in a way that Hannah and Kong don't. Um, And she just apparently forgot Molly was in the room. As I, as did I. Like, (laughs) is Spanky getting set up to win both the season and Miss Congeniality? Is it possible? That's never happened before, right? Like nobody in the. I think like many times somebody in the top four deserved the Miss Congeniality and didn't get it, Um, but. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen this time, but I would agree that in the past, maybe the miscongeniality was somebody that was in the top four. I mean, Spanky's just becoming this really maternal figure mm-hmm. in a way that I think Queen thought she was. Yeah. All right, we're going to head to set where everyone has thrown their ideas out the window. We have Suzanne Paul joining Michelle to help with their work um, for their ads. Uh, if you remember, Suzanne Paul uh, was an infomercial, infomercial hostess she was here last season for the infomercial challenge. There you go. Blame your manager and agent for bringing you back if you're not happy with what drag queens do. Wow. Um, first, we have Queen Kong, who is going with Queen Kong Island in South Auckland. Is this place real? Because I cannot find it on a map. No, I think she just like made it up. Like It was just like, oh, this is like the place in my head or like something like that. Didn't that defeat that the point the of the challenge. challenge? That wasn't the challenge, yeah. Right, it was weird. <laughs> um, I gotta say, that look she started in that blue, um, whatever the fuck it was, it was terrible. I don't remember it, so I It was agree. terrible. Um, what I will say was great about these ads is the pit crew. They're very determined. They're, they are mm-hmm. there to play and have fun. They didn't look like women. They looked like they were Tarzan. Mm. 
Yes, the for Queen, like I feel she always like her hair and her makeup always looks really great. And the neck down a lot of times it's questionable. Um, just because she has a really hard body to work with, like she's a big man. So like certain things are not gonna fit how they're supposed to fit, you know? And it's a um, sexy man. Yeah, he's hot. Sexy uh, man. But she, her delivery was very like monotone, dead vibes. Yeah. She wasn't giving a lot to work with. I think they edited it later to make it more funny. And I did like get yeah. a chuckle out of it, but it was very like dry, one note kind of vibes. Suzanne finds her to be stunning, but wants her to be more confident. In this place, you hide your feelings and nod at people to convince people that you give a shit. Uh, sounds like a place I would be very comfortable in. Mm-hmm. I could do that. Yeah. The nodding was bad also. Like, I, the nodding <laughs> oh, that, that wasn't get even it. a nod. Yeah. Right. Um, the ad is a bit unhinged. This queen has no idea what she's doing. Um, she's going to look through the props and wonders what of these items can be highly stressful. And Michelle says the skeleton because it can be so stressed that it's dead. Like me inside. Mm-hmm. She gave her a little joke at least. Yes. Suzanne has decided she will not be going to Queen Kong Island for her holiday. So there you go. You failed the challenge. Exactly. Spanky will be doing her tour of getting home from the club in Palmerston North. Suzanne's going to find this to be a hard sell. Spanky will direct her boys how to walk like a train and then ride a sheep and bleats like a sheep. She's very good at improv. You can see Michelle and Suzanne are unsure if it's funny. And then there's this food bit where Spanky tells the pit crew to just mm-hmm. punch her in the tit. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? Like someone wanting your food and you get punched in the tit? Never. But I, if you I'm ever punched anyone, maybe somebody now that this has mm-hmm. been in television, it'll become a thing. It'll become yeah. Um, good for them. Give me a chippy. <laughs> um, Suzanne will tell Spanky to have rhyme. Like I'm bomby for palmy. But do you know what Spanky had planned already? Palmerston North. Fuck yeah. Are we trying to be um, uh, uh, um, world police? Is that what the movie is? I don't know. Stupid. Silly. Hannah has to motivate herself because she's petrified to do this. Hannah is on a sheep looking like a little magical creature who shaves her toes. Where? Well, she's in Middle Perth. Get it? Ha ha ha. Um, we're really just getting so much Lord of the Rings content in this past month. Yes. Michelle will ask her how many scenes she has, and Hannah has a whopping five. Okay, not bad. That's that's average for this challenge. Hannah will be fighting a giant black swan, which we I, we will learn that black swans are one of the animals of Earth. Um, and we will hear her tell us about the two kings who play with their bats and balls, and now she's seen it with her own virgin eyes. I really don't think Suzanne knew what she signed up for. You'd think she'd remember what happened last season when there was et cetera and her piss. Um, more on that later. And once again, we have a skeleton on the beach chair. Is that just like the trend alert of the episode? It is. It is. Trending topic. Molly's going to look pretty cute in purple. I was like, okay, she doesn't look terrible. She's finally wearing something I can approve of. Uh, she's going to be doing a party bus through Newcastle um, concept. We got something. Suzanne likes her energy, even as Molly gets her audience to pussy pop and slut drop, though Michelle will say those re- moves are really called the Suzanne Paul and Michelle Visage. Um, do you do either of those moves? Every time, every show. Every single time? Yes. <laughs> now, 
five scenes we thought was a lot for Hannah, mm-hmm. right? No, no, Molly. Molly's got 16 scenes. And yeah, Suzanne says it went to hell in a handcart. Um, there's so much drinking and vomiting. Um, she's definitely not going to Newcastle. Now Beverly is going to play the role of Bindi Irwin's younger lesbian sister, Cindy Irwin. Michelle loves it. Great. <laughs> and then Beverly decides to continue opening her mouth and says, Cindy is going on the hunt for the endangered sugar daddy. Michelle's like, did you think about the fact that you're a lesbian looking for a sugar daddy? To be fair, lesbians are people. Yeah. People like money. Money mm-hmm. is the spice of life. Whoever gives you the money, just take it. Yeah. I do think Beverly should have gone with Sugar Sheila's. Yeah, it sounded cuter. It was funnier. I blame Michelle for not pushing her to do it. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to help her. Beverly tells us that the Gold Coast is filled with sugar daddies. And I was like, I need to go. That's my people. It's my jam. I really think Beverly had a good idea, but maybe not for this specific challenge. Um, But she feels like it's going well, which we know is the kiss of death quote. Mm -hmm. And clearly Beverly did not watch last season because the second we see the sugar daddy get stung, she offers to get whizzing. Well, eliminated. P on Drag Race Down Under is not allowed, et cetera, et cetera, is triggered. <laughs> Isn't it funny that two queens who mention P in their ads get eliminated this episode? Season three, girls, don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, another conspiracy theory or just a coincidence? We'll find out. We'll, we'll find out. All right, it is elimination day. There is no room for error as it's down to five. Beverly will say that she has been doing a lot of thinking and she's still figuring herself out. She is similar to her dad in which success is driven. When she doesn't feel strong and confident, she fakes it because it's easier to fake it than face it. Not going to be putting that on my wall, um, but I understand the sentiment. Yes. Beverly wishes her family let her fuck up as success was number one in her household. She was shown that if you're not feeling it, hide it as confidence is key. Is this a conducive way to raise a child? I feel like that's been my biggest burden in life as well. Like, if I fail, like, I'm not going to admit it. Mm-hmm. Not publicly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. When like, I have that's children... Of, that's a lot of people's biggest fears is just, like, being a failure. Fail. Yeah. When I have children, I will allow them to fail. I'll encourage mm-hmm. failing. Twinks, come at me. I need a husband. Anyway, Queen will ask Beverly what her measure of success is compared to her father, as it might look different. She shares that she was the first person in the family to go to university, so when she told them she hated it and had no interest in it, her parents were devastated. Drag was the bomb. Spanky says it's a bit much for parents to get their heads around drag, but it comes with the time. Queen says that aside from success, you just want your kids to be happy. And now we're going to get the sob story that is probably going to actually get you crying. Quinn reveals that her older sibling died. She was 10 years older than her, and she died in her year of transition. The process was done away from the family out of necessity. She shares it took her ages to grieve her because she didn't get to know her. Her sibling didn't feel safe in their home environment, so she was wearing clothes that weren't hers and coming into a house that she'd make their dad happy. Queen has been able to get over it because she feels so angry. The house that she's created at home with her drag babies is for a safe space. 
for those whose family don't know how to love them. Queen goes on to say that, imagine if they now were at this point in their lives, they could have been a fierce drag duo. She mm-hmm. feels robbed that she didn't get to know her sister. Everything Queen has done in her life is to honor her sister and make her proud. And Queen's going to tell parents that if they're struggling with their kids doing something that is making them happy, it's enough. Okay, I was like, well, maybe we're getting back to the Queen winner edit. Yes, that was a lovely information that we got from Queen. And this whole episode, I'm just thinking that they're making Queen do so much emotional labor all the time during this season. Like everybody's dumping like, oh, yes, I did some things that were insensitive racial wise on her. And they're just like, she's the only like person of color here. And they're dumping all of these things on her. And now Beverly, and now she has to talk about her family trauma and at this point, I'm just like, poor Queen, like, she's just doing so much. Like, the, the show producers are, like, expecting her to do so much. And we're not getting all of the this, like, emotional labor from the other drag queens there. Yeah, it's really, it's really hard to imagine someone being so open about something mm-hmm. that's so personally traumatic. And because this is not even the end of this trauma for yeah. Queen this episode. But I think it's a really important conversation to have, and I hope she's able to discuss it further. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, maybe there are parents out there who are not going to accept their trans child. But if you have a sibling who understands, lean on them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what hurts Queen is that she couldn't lean on her. Yeah. Um, we obviously did not outwardly hear her use any mention of suicide or anything but i think Mm. that's what she was alluding to and Mm. that's another conversation that um we need to hear more people with platforms discuss agreed it's time for the main stage and rue is wearing a short red wig but a very sun gold dress uh feel like i've seen this look before maybe i have maybe it's a similar similar look yeah we have michelle visage reese nicholson and no guest judge. Where are the humans in New Zealand? I would rather see a sheep sit on the panel. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, we're going to combine the runway and the adverts as we go through them all. And um, spoiler, it might be the first time ever that the audience of Block Talk collectively panned every single oh my look. God. Category is Swimsuit Edition. In honor of the runway, we will play Bikini or Bikino. Got it. Don't at me. I hate not being smarter than I am. (laughs) Puns are funny! Yes. Queen Kong. Um, We'll start with her advertisement. I think it was supposed to be super camp, but Queen just does not give that aura off. I like that she pushed herself in a way that we haven't seen before. At the end of the day, it just didn't translate. Also, where were those images actually from? Mm-hmm. Her invented land, because it doesn't exist. Right, and that's where it made no sense. It's like, if yeah. you're going to use bad pictures of like Auckland, and then like it just didn't work. Her, her ad mm-hmm. wasn't fully trans realized. 
Yes, I, I think for most of them, I really didn't learn much about their hometown at all. I think the it wasn't a good ad, but the only one that I kind of learned a little bit was Beverly with the whole like her comparing it to yeah. California and like influencers and sugar daddies. I kind of it kind of painted a picture of what it could be because it's like something that we know of. It wasn't a good ad, but like I don't think any of these really gave us useful information of what these hometowns are like exactly now queen's look uh the look is by queen kong and she posted on social media that yeah it was made by me that's why i fell apart um we've seen hair like this Uh, i know this is supposed to be reference to a goddess of her Mm -hmm. um background it very much also felt very zodiac inspired yeah it's it's good it's very similar doja cat has a look that she used in one of her music videos that's mm-hmm. like she basically is wearing that same wig i think it's the you write video and it is like a white like greek goddessy type thing i the, once again hair and makeup always she looks very lovely you yeah. know neck up she looked good i think the gloves were nice because it like mm-hmm. she's trying to hide her big ass man arms um you know the the necklace was nice the idea I liked, you know, it was a little bit more creative for a like a bathing suit. And then like she's referencing her culture again. So that's important as well. Like idea wise, concept wise, I liked it. The mm-hmm. bathing suit, like the draping that was happening, it just looked like all like crumbled up, like chewed up. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't really doing anything flattering to her body. Like that's where it like really failed where the the white creamish draping that it had on it looked really just like messy and like chewed up and wasn't going anywhere it was a swimsuit it was a leotard mm-hmm. with beige fabric draped on it it was just not good as you said the gloves were nice they were a nice addition mm-hmm. and helped break it up i just expected more i needed more like i blame production for this category like if this was for like a ball I get it, as a, but as a solo category, it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Michelle says it was good to see what it was like to live in her mind, but her issue was it wasn't funny. She says the runway is really pretty. She can see each week she is trying to get out of her head and push forward. Reese says there were a couple of jokes that didn't land, but the concept was really smart. Rue wanted to laugh at certain things, but then it went to a dark place. She says she has done well in terms of opening up and thinks that brown-skinned people have shame wrapped around being gay and being gay and doing drag she has a feeling that there is still residual uncomfortableness with it queen will say that she is correct and reveals that the night before she flew there she called her dad and he asked her if she was going to use her last name mm-hmm. it put a lot of shame back inside of her and rue will say that it's interesting that even as adults they need approval from their parents she says she is her own daddy rue says that this call was beneficial because it's the last time she needs his validation very interesting to hear this conversation happen uh you know rue wishes she had a live reunion so she can call out daddy um but also i am going to expect every new york city drag queen who does a daddy mix to now use rupaul saying are you my daddy are you my daddy rue you did it to yourself the look though it's a bikini no Compared to the what else we're gonna see, I'm gonna say it's a bikini. All right, the audience. My least, not favorites. 
the audience hated it. 29% bikini, 71% bikini, no. Spanky Jackson. Um, of course, if we need to go to a club, we're going to hear RuPaul music. Uh, she's outrageous. And who goes to someone's house after a club night out? Oh, wait, everyone. Uh, was this a tourism video or why not to take Spanky home video? Um, have you ever ridden a sheep before? Sheep? Never, no. Like <laughs> it's always bomby and palmy. Fuck yeah. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to combine them both. They're all both going to work. The judges, the room, they cracked up at this. Yeah. Why was this funny? It was just very surreal. It made no sense. You know, I did like chuckle a little bit. And like at the end, it felt kind of like a reference to Jinx Monsoon delusion convinced me where she like wakes up in the end and she's like in an alleyway. Yeah. Um, so it was like funny. It was, I can understand how people like it. It wasn't my favorite, but it was definitely one of the better ones. Yeah. The look is by Spanky and Tara Dickinson. Uh, she's trying to be the star of Babewatch. I think this is a very simple and very literal look, mm-hmm. but where's the drag? Mm-hmm. The hair is thirsty, so she just better jump in the Pacific. Yeah. Um, I think going with red and yellow was fine, though we in America are more used to the red and white when it comes to a lifeguard. Mm-hmm. I just needed something campy because that's who Spanky is. For me, it was lacking the, the spankiness of it all. Yeah. I think she's trying to adapt more to like what she's heard that she has to like polish her edges a little bit, et cetera, et cetera. I do think like, like I can only compare it like to herself and I'm like, she does look a little bit better than other times she's looked. It was like not a great look. It was very simple. Like maybe she made it, but it looked very like store-bought. Like you just bought that at any store, not very special, something we've seen a thousand people wear. I was excited to see like she was wearing tights, even though they like didn't match super well. I, I don't wear tights because I don't like how they don't match with most people. But, you know, like it, may, it was her putting some effort into her drag to like give more what RuPaul wants from her. So sure. she's like adapting to the competition. So I'll give her a little like pat on the back for that. But it was a very simple, basic look like it looked very beginner drag. Reese says he loves it so much and calls it wild. He says the look is the most polished and fun. It's camp. He says the wig is a little thirsty, but so is he. Mm-hmm. Michelle says every scene was the was what the fuck am I watching? But they learned that is who Spinky is. And Rue says that when she takes the runway, she isn't doing a camp runway walk, but saying, yeah, bitch, what? Now what? And Rue loves it. Mm-hmm. Oh, RuPaul. It's a bikini gnome. Mm-hmm. Bikini gnome for me as well. Audience, 33% bikini. 67% bikini no. Molly Poppins. Uh, welcome to the town where I currently am. This could have been funny if she was funny. She has sold Newcastle as a really bland place. Um, but who doesn't love a party bus? Like, come on, I will go on party mm-hmm. bus. Uh, my biggest problem was how was this Newcastle and not just any random town like the town that where she currently is? Um have you ever gotten plastered and passed out on a pool floaty? A pool floaty? No, no. <laughs> I thought you were going to say party bus. I have on a party bus. Yes. Really? Uh oh. How much did you drink? The first one, the first party bus I ever went on, um, that was like our after party for our prom. So it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I there was um, supposed last... to be no alcohol involved, but like legal drinking agent Puerto Rico is eighteen, so there most of is. us were almost there. Yeah, we got away with that. Yeah. <laughs> my, last year, my brother, for his match day, 
for when he for yeah. his residency for um for med school and everything he and his friends uh, ended up getting a party bus to go from like the match day moment mm-hmm. to like the big group party um and we went and um the parents went as well and um straight people are crazy yes <laughs> karaoke yeah never straight karaoke yeah. don't i can't do it i can't i was do just at a wedding and i was like wow straight people are so fun they don't care about how they dance they're like they're just gonna dance however to any song like good for you did you pussy pop at the wedding um no not pussy pop i like moved around a little bit but no pussy <laughs> at the wedding <laughs> all right molly's look is by plastic money hair by kate kafour um she's going as a gold coast meter maid who, rather than giving tickets, they go around putting coins in the meters. That's fun. It's got the concept, but like, it's nothing special. It's literally a gold leotard. Um, These girls are like the equivalent of Hooters girls. I'm not Mm -hmm. feeling the fantasy. It's not sexy. Yeah. The heels are nice. The hat, I'll take. I was bored. Yeah, I agree. We're going to see another meter made later on. Spoiler alert. And I think this one was the less successful of the two. Um, the hat also, like, it was not, like, at least look for something that's a similar fabric to the right. gold bodysuit. It was like a tan, like, kind of dirty looking color that, like, didn't, those, she was wearing two things, a hat yeah. and a ba- bathing suit, and they didn't match with each other. So it was like, if you're wearing so little, at least, like, put a little bit of that fabric up there exactly do something you know it was very also store-bought vibes michelle reminds them that she had 16 scenes while everyone had four or five she says she was frantic while recording but she had some really funny moments she says she is one of two meter maids and says it's fun in camp and gives a nod to the gold coast reese says she had funny bits but it wasn't newcastle enough for him and ruth got the editorial she fucking hates newcastle it's a bikini no Yes, Bikino. I will say she did have that one funny line that Rue also thought was funny. The one of like, Stephanie, hold my hair. Like that yeah. was the only time I chuckled during her, her little video. Because it was relatable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a Bikino for me. Bikino as well. Audience, 35% Bikini, 65% Bikino. Anaconda uh, to the editors. Uh, you did an excellent job with the production here. Yes. Like the middle Perth bit was brilliant. She looked great. She was funny and did the job. I'm glad she acknowledged her lip enhancements because those are not natural mm. lips. Those lips should not be on a human. They should be on a blow up doll. Um, the giant black swan smelling the white bread. And then there's a fight. It was stupid. This was so campy. And then when she got to the King's Park bit, I was like, wait, this made sense for this style of video. It was true to her. It was campy, but it was still slightly informative. Yes. I want to go to the Perth Beach because I do hope there are royal studs there. Mm-hmm. I think this one was my favorite video, both in terms of like the story production, the concept. It was also funny. And she also had my favorite look of the night. It was the, you know, like, was it a bikini? I guess, you know, like she <laughs> maybe a little bit too far out there, but I appreciated that more. Um, this kind of intergalactic Barbarella vibe bikini. Um, she looked really good. I guess she's the only like look girl left in this like 
season because nobody's really giving any looks. Um, so we're going to have some very fun runways for the next couple of episodes. Um, but she she definitely had my favorite. I did think they were going to give it to Spanky just as much as they That's are right. like tooting Spanky's horn. I'm like, they laughed more at hers. They definitely were like, ah, ha, ha, this one's so funny. But she definitely had my favorite video. And it was very like, I think it's a editing style that like has become very popular with drag that maybe it started with the Katya and Trixie videos where you just like put like random things and like insert yeah. little videos. It was very much like that type of comedy, which I think worked really well for her. Her look is by Kirsten Dams, hair by wigs by Vanity, earrings by Miss Madison. I personally don't get it. Like if you're going to go for full body swimsuit, like that's fine, but this is just weird. It was like space, but make it beach. That mm -hmm. being said, Teal and purple. Absolutely love that color combination. I'm just missing the category. It's not working for me. There's no salvaging what she did, but she made it work. Yeah. I think if she had, like, she had those cone bra thingies, if she would have just added, like, a strap that goes yeah, up. That's what, it looked yeah. Like a, a cat suit with a bikini on top of it, it would have sold more of the category. Um, it was a little bit like, eh, I guess we'll allow it for the category, but it was still right. like the best costume out of all of them. And she had these things that kind of looked like pool floaties, like on her shoulders that that was like a nice fabric, a nice like touch. I wish that it was like, not the pool floaty itself was bigger, but there was like a ribbon hanging off it mm -hmm. that that was like more grand and more like drag. And it I almost sold it more. I almost wonder if she did decide to go like full Juno Birch with it and like did a painted mm -hmm. face. That could have worked. Maybe that would have sold it better. Michelle was worried about her, but she needed not to worry. She allowed production to use all those extra special effects since she was the only one who thought like that. She says on the runway it was a futuristic take on Swimmer. She took a different approach, which is smart for this far in the competition. Reese says she had a clear vision from the start to finish. He says it was layered and fun and silly. And Rue says it was well thought out and she looked fantastic. Look out, Peter Jackson. <laughs> I'm going to go Bikino. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go Bikini. This was my, my favorite look. Audience, 48% Bikini, 52% Bikino. And finally, Beverly Hills. Uh, she sold the characters. She should get a pass for that. The execution was just not it. Love the look. Very funny. Uh, I think she was informative, but it was all about the delivery. She went off the rails when she tried to make it too drag racy. Mm -hmm. Like the party city line didn't make sense. Yeah. That was like right at the end, right? Like she just yeah. cut it right at the end. I, I think she was trying to be very formulaic of, okay, I've seen these queens mm -hmm. succeed That's in an advert. Right. And it just, it, she didn't, she doesn't, have that brain capacity quite yet she'll get it with time like put her on an all-star season one day she's gonna fucking kill it which kind of goes back to like what every queen is saying about her that she's like not being her authentic self she's doing like what she thinks other people want to see so it's like even in the last moments of her drag race journey she's still like doing what the other girls are saying yep the look is by Hemingbird, nails by Claws in a Box, jewels by Miss Madison. It's the battle of the meter maids and Beverly won, but just like a reveal, um, she's certainly much sexier and has more attention to detail. Mm -hmm. She is actually giving you a bikini like the meter maids are known for. 
I just think the fabric she used lent itself to drag more so than Molly's. And at the end of the day, yeah, it's still basic, mm-hmm. but at least it felt more like drag. Yeah, it was a little bit better. Her hat matched her outfit. The coins that were like hanging off her, like I was like, okay, I guess that's what meter maids do. Like I didn't know what a meter maid was before, mm-hmm. but with both of these queens doing it, like I would, I can kind of get it, what they're supposed to do. I like that addition of the coins that the other one didn't have. Um, the reveal thing was unnecessary. Like yeah. she should have just come out and sold that look. There was no, it's bikini. Why are you coming out with something that's not a bikini? And it's not like that special. It's not like, oh, like if you're going to reveal the reveal coat or whatever you're wearing should still look nice. Like it was just pointless. See, Michelle loves that she was prepared with a fully realized character, but the character wasn't funny. She loves the hair in the video on the runway. Reese says she needs to fall into the next step, which is letting loose in these situations and get a bit muddier. He says the look is really cute and fun and she should be happy with it. And Rue says she did well and did the assignment. I'm going to be controversial and I'm going to give it a bikini. It's going to be a bikino for me because there was still like, I didn't like the hair that they said, like, I love this hair. I was like, I didn't like it. (laughs) And then like, I don't like her makeup. Everybody's like, and like, I hear like Willem in Alaska talk about like her makeup as well, that she's, she should do softer makeup. Um, in the beginning, I was like, no, it's good because I can recognize her out of all of everybody else's right. face. But now I'm like, it just looks bad. Like, not, I think this particular makeup was worse than the other ones and it didn't really go with the hair. Um, it was definitely the most six, more successful out of the coin little ladies, whatever they're called, minute maid. What are the, the meter maids? Meter maids. Um, but I still like it was still like, meh. It was meh. It was very meh. So yeah. like, I give it a. Uh, two, you know, it's a bikini the audience, 45% bikini, 55% bikino. And I think what you're saying about the makeup is really interesting and kind of spot on. I think when she first started the competition, I was like, okay, I like it. I really yeah. like what she's doing. And I think she started to borrow a little bit of what Yuri does, but mm-hmm. it doesn't work for her. Yeah. I think she's still, she's 21 years old. She's an impressionable child. She's growing and growth is great. And she is going to be a fucking Mm -hmm. superstar. Mm -hmm. Let it come naturally. I think she is, as Rue will say later on, in and out of drag, she's very beautiful. It's going to work to her advantage. Going softer with her beat. It it will be a game changer. Mm -hmm. It'll help her. I think she can still like, I think her signature was that like very harsh cheek contour. Mm-hmm. There's still a way to make that look good, but mm-hmm. then like pair that with the eyes. Like it's all like too big for like, yeah, she needs to go smaller so soft that she could like, she can leave that cheek if she wants that to be like her brand, but mm-hmm. like soften the eyes a bit or something else. And exactly. it can like be more harmonious. There it is. All right. It's time for the dreaded question. Who should go home and why? Queen will start off by saying she hopes she doesn't hate her for it, but Beverly kills. She doesn't have a win on the board. Spanky says Beverly because of the stats. Molly Poppins says it's hard because she loves all the girls and she's close to Beverly, but she echoes with what the other two have said. Hannah says she loves what she's doing, but says Beverly was the weakest of the night. And Beverly says, fuck all them bitches as she's sick of it. She knows she has had the worst statistics of this competition, which she says with air quotes. But to answer Rue's question, she needs Queen Kong. 
she has stumbled. And the producers are saying, okay, let's grant your witch, bitch. Yes. Now the queens arrive to the workroom and Beverly is that girl, the girl that everyone wants to send home. We've definitely gone down that, um, that hole recently where everyone's like, we're just going to pile onto one person. Mm-hmm. I don't want that anymore. I think we need to change the dreaded question to be written down and then they have to reveal yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, because make once it survivor starts, they're all gonna hop on that train. Literally, but even before they ask, like when you're when they show the shot of all the queens, Beverly's already like a little bit more to the side than the other ones, and I think they already asked them, like they already knew who they were gonna say, and they were like they just wanted the shot of her alone, like <laughs> reacting to all of it because she was definitely like more far apart from all of the queens than the other ones were, so yeah. they they already knew what was coming. Yeah. She knew everyone would say her name. She won't take it personally. She currently has the worst track record, so she gets it. She just hates it. Hannah will ask why she hates it, and she says that success has been ingrained in her, and that's not what she's doing. She can't put it into words, which then prompts Hannah to drum, just jump down her throat, Mm -hmm. saying that the problem that she's having with her on a personal level is she feels that there's a wall up. She says she's not feeling authentic. She says to feel how she wants to feel, say what she wants to say, she tells her to just be. She knows she's being harsh as Hannah has been had brutal times in dressing rooms with her sisters, but they all want what's best for her. Okay. Um, did Hannah take it too far? Probably. Like she was like beating a dead horse already. You know, like she was, everybody already said like they wanted her to go home. Like just let her listen to her lip sync song and like, let's move on. I think what got me was Hannah literally saying that she's having a problem with her on a personal level. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be a personal level. It's not personal. It's drag. Exactly. And that's where I was upset with Hannah because it's like, you have to separate the two. Mm -hmm. This, this, you, what you are witnessing is what Beverly wants to project onto herself for drag race. You can't control her narrative here. If Mm -hmm. you think she's not being authentic to herself, then that's a conversation when you're on ice to say to her, fix this quickly. Mm-hmm. Th- this was not the right time or moment. And this made Hannah look really bad, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Beverly will say that maybe this is just who she is. Hannah will try to question her. And now it's Queen who's going to ask um, to wait and let her finish. Um, Beverly has nothing to say as she's now sobbing and tells Hannah to stop telling her how to act and to fuck off. We're going to watch Beverly fall into Molly's arms because apparently she remembers that Molly's still in the room. Um, She's just looking for that comfort. But then in confessional, Spanky will question if this is the person that Beverly is as she's just hasn't lived yet. They want her to just push herself and let go. Spanky will say that to her, she will find herself because she doesn't know herself yet. And Spanky admits that even she has learned about herself through this process. Beverly will apologize to Hannah for cursing at her and Spanky's like, no, curse at her. She likes that. Do that. But now Bev has to learn her lip sync song. And I was like, learn? I think if you're a drag queen going on Drag Race, she's probably have this one in the bag, but we're going to get yeah. to that in a second. Mm-hmm. I like drama in Untucked. I don't like drama that shouldn't be drama. This was unnecessary. Yeah, I just, it's, we've been at this for episodes and episodes. At this point, I'm just like over it. I know what they're doing that they want to like hype it up for the lip sync, make it more dramatic, but 
they've been going at Beverly for like two or three episodes and I'm just like, okay, like it's not had one to two conversations about yeah, it. We don't need it's to not it bullying. I'm not going to say this was bullying. What I would say this was like, it's like the varsity players of a team yeah. with this freshman who happened to make it to the varsity mm-hmm. team. Yeah. And it's the varsity players, the older seniors being to the freshman being like, no, you're supposed to do it this way, do it. Yeah. And the freshman just, breaking yeah. down that's what it felt like which is a trope on drag race that we see all the time it's like the new queens versus the like professional like right. all of season seven or like against laganja things like that where it's like oh we know what we're doing and you don't so like and it's really interesting that. that we had this weird setup at the beginning of the season where it was the young kids versus the old queens mm-hmm. and it's the old queens or older because they're not the oldest ones but it's the older queens who are attacking the young one and it's just it was sad to watch like i really wanted to give her a hug and be like it's gonna be okay and i think they're also doing it to like kind of like they're still i think they're trying to make spanky look better like you know they're trying to show you like oh these other girls that are still like in the top like maybe you shouldn't like them that much. Maybe you should yes. like Spanky more because they include that little clip where Spanky's saying the same thing, but in a nicer, like more, um, pal- pal- I don't know. Like she's just saying it in a nicer You're right. way. She's You're right. echoing it in a more like humble, honest, like not offensive way. So they're just trying to show you like, oh, maybe Hannah and like Queen, maybe you shouldn't like them that much. Like Spanky's like, she's a good person too. And maybe she is a good person and the other ones are terrible, but it's all like going to help her in the end. Like when it comes to like picking the winner, like what the audience likes and doesn't like. Producer manipulation? I think so. Rue brings back her Sheila's. Hannah has become a hobbit with Rue as she wins her second challenge in $2,000 courtesy of Shoe Me and a Singer sewing machine. Get that sewing machine. Molly, spank your safe. We got it. Queen Kong, Beverly Kills. Do you agree? Bottom two. Yeah, they were were the worst ones. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, I plead. No more RuPaul songs. Please. (laughs) Please. Please. The song is The Beginning by RuPaul. Was there any lip syncing in this performance? Not really. First, we're going to begin with drag being a contact sport. I thought it was mm-hmm. going to be a brawl once Beverly bumped into Queen. Mm-hmm. Then we get a trick from Queen, a fake split from Bev, and then it's off to the races to see who can one-up each other. This was a mess of stunts. As Michelle says, what is happening? There was a grand total of 12 stunts <laughs> or tricks that were shown on screen. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you there was, was likely more. more. Yeah. they pro- Beverly probably did a few that they like edited it out to give it to queen i could not believe this lip sync mm-hmm. this is one of those lip syncs that's gonna be remembered for all the wrong reasons but it was entertaining yeah it was entertaining um when it comes down to the like giving it the words still there were shots of queen that were like more like okay i buy it more from her but it was just all over the place. There were just like shablam, stunt, whatever that role thing is called. Um, and the song really isn't all about that at all. Like it's no, not really it's not it's like a mid-tempo song. So it did not call for all of that. You can do maybe if there was 12, maybe like four, you know? Right. It was so it was everybody a lot. do two, two stunts. 
it, it, it was a lot. And I, um, I really think it was a battle of egos. It was like, yeah. I, anything you could do, I can do better. Yeah. Literally was that performance. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something we're going to talk about it. I, I just the memes that have come out of it are, have been hilarious. Um, did anyone break any bones? Uh, apparently not. Apparently they're both fine. Can you do those stunts and tricks? None, none. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what the roll one is called. I it it was like a gymnastics move. Like yeah. I I was like you're defying gravity literally. Like, the <laughs> physics of this is not compute with my head, but. Yeah. In the end, Queen says the twink is eliminated. Do you agree? I think so, yeah. Like, I think Queen still has a little bit more to give in the show that we can see. Um, Beverly, you know, she made it really far. Good for her. Um, You know, people probably weren't expecting her to make it this far. But, you know, she she still made some good television. She had some good looks in there. And I think, you know, she'll... She's still very new to drag, so she'll definitely grow and learn from seeing herself on television. I do think Queen, we can still have her, you know, I think maybe there's only two episodes left, but, you know, we can still see more from her. I agree. I don't know if she'll make it past this next one, but we'll see. Well, I got some burning questions to help wrap up this podcast. Are you ready? Let's do it. What is Beverly's legacy? Beverly, cheek, the cheek contour. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think for me, she was just one of those crushes that I'm always going to have in Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Um, she is very talented, very unique, and she is a kid of the Rue generation. Yeah, the internet. Yeah. Um, like, she might be one of the faces of, like, the next wave of drag, and that's kind of exciting to see. Mm-hmm. Next week, it's a makeover challenge. Who are you worried about? I'm worried for Spanky. I don't think Spanky can paint anyone's face. I'm terrified for that. They can barely do their own, you know, makeup well. So, like, it's going to be hard unless they get somebody that looks just like them. So Spanky might falter here, but they just have to go in a camp route. You know, like, don't Uh make, don't try and be pretty, you know, just, like, be a character. (laughs) And whoever is Spanky's partner, I apologize if you're forced to wear a terrible wig. Yes. You're going to probably get a flat shaking gum. From all of them, I think Queen should, like, Queen's makeup is good. They should mm-hmm. do fine. Um, who else is there? Um, I think um, Hannah Condo will do good as well. So, Molly, yeah. I just don't know, but that's the thing. It's like, it's, I think yeah. Molly will be, get, be eliminated simply because I just don't see her as a finalist based on the edit. Like, I don't, I don't know much about her so uh, yeah i mean sometimes she looks good but sometimes i'm like oh, okay she's there yeah. <laughs> well after six episodes the winner of the season is i think it's gonna be spanky it's interesting before this episode i was, I was doubling down on queen kong and it's like they're they're mm-hmm. gonna give it to queen because she's a good person she is yeah. a great face of the franchise they w- would look very good if they gave it to a queen of color mm-hmm I don't know. This episode changed everything for me. I think I'm going to still say Queen, but I think you're right. Spanky is a very, very good chance. And if the Team Spanky likes on social media um, become high, how could you not give it to her? Mm -hmm. We'll find out. We'll find out. All right. Well, where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any project you got coming up? 
Yes. Um, you can find me on Instagram at venacava.tm. That's V-E-N-A-C-A-V-A dot T-M. Um, Venmo is the same tip, Venacava. And you can mainly find me all over Brooklyn. I mainly have shows like Wednesday to Saturday. Um, Bushwick is coming up. If anybody's going there, I'll be hosting and performing on Sunday. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. A big thanks to Venikava for coming on. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash block talk to show support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.